I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And a happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. Welcome to Turtleneck Sunday. It's a beautiful winter day. It is. Oh, wait, it's still autumn. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. A beautiful. I like the, the, the light dusting of snow we had yesterday. It was very light. It was light mm-hmm. and dusty. And gone already. And gone already. Which I'm happy yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's cold up there, though. Oh, baby. Oh, hello, hello. Uh, but we're going to keep you warm. And it was another crazy week. You know, the GOP gains control of the House. Herschel Walker doesn't want to be a vampire. And uh, the, a deranged Florida man uh, announced that he's running for president. So, um, yeah. There we go. That's that's kooky pants. What's going on there? Uh, we are going to be keeping the first hour for your phone calls because, uh, you know, we like to keep things spicy. Yes, we and do. And we'd love to hear from you. 773-763-9278. The number again, 773-763-9278. Uh, uh, later on in the show, though, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to chat with playwright uh, Vichet Chum, whose new play, uh, Bald Sisters, is having its world premiere at Steppenwolf. We're going to chat with him about uh, his new work, uh, the importance like of, of diversity in voices, and how uh, his experience as a, as a queer person uh, informs all of his work. So we're very exciting about that. And the Museum of Contemporary Art presents 50-ish, the Ungala, benefiting the Reader Institute for Community Journalism, publisher of the Chicago Reader, and a publisher and president of the Chicago Reader, and Chicago media legend Tracy Bame is going to be joining us uh, later on in the second hour. And like I said, of course, we would love to hear from you. So give us a call, 773-763-9278. That number again is 773-763-9278. Of course, you can find us on Facebook, where we are coming at you alive. Just head on over to Out Chicago Radio, and while you're there, give us a like and a click and all that good stuff. But if that doesn't float your boat, you can always tune in on WCPT 820. And while you're at it, follow WCPT on all social media, at WCPT 820 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And follow our sister uh, organization, Heartland Signal, as well. How are you doing there, Ellen Miller? Pretty well. Pretty yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I, I bundled up and did a four mile walk yesterday. Oh, all righty. Uh, because I was like, oh, it's so cold and I'm just going to stay home. And then I'm like, no, I got to get up. I got to move. So I. It's really I, good to move around. I got my heated insoles, my heated scarf, my Bluetooth uh, earmuffs. And You've got Bluetooth earmuffs? Oh, I've had them for years. Oh. Yeah, I can listen to music and I can actually keep your I, I can ears actually warm. talk to people. So I had the earmuffs under like a balaclava thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then a hood and just people must have thought I was some kind of a nut just talking, you know, as I walked to uh, different people. Oh, you, yeah, you you are. <laughs> Boom. People think you're a nut anyway. Thank you. you know what I okay, mean? I'm a happy. Wait, so nut. are they actual ear muffs? They're they're, the, they're, the, they're the made by the 1800. They're called 180s. You know the 180s, the ones that go around the side here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have them with Bluetooth, so you can. Uh, there's a built-in mic. You can just listen to music or whatever podcast or news, wherever you want to listen to, and you can actually, if somebody calls, talk on them. So it's nice Ooh. in the winter rather than having you know earbuds, which because you know, I like to have my ears warm. Have right. a hat over oh, yeah, it, yeah, and, yeah. you know my earmuffs. So yeah, yeah. yeah, can you when you use those? Can people really like? How does it deal with like the outside sound? They hear me perfectly. It's so weird because I literally had a balaclava thing over my face, and I had the the Bluetooth earmuffs, and I had a hood over it, and everybody heard me perfectly clear. Oh, that's great! I know. Usually, I had some that like really picked up the 
the ups, ambient, ambient noise. noise yeah. and like if the wind blew, they're like, where are you? What's going on? Like a light breeze happened. Like, I highly, you? highly recommend them All to right, keep well, your winter fitness going. But uh, had a fun last night. We've been kind of laying low with this colder weather. But Kathy and I went out to uh, Billy Buddy Guy's Legends to see Billy Branch, who's my friend and mentor. And we knew it's, it's always a late night when you go to the blues club. Of so course. you kind of have to like nap and plan to, you know. I'd be ready the next morning to get up and go. But um, I, he invited me up for a couple of songs. Uh, I sang with the legendary, I played with the legendary singer Billy Buck. Willie, uh, Willie Buck, who's an older blues statesman from town. And it's always nice to get on stage. But I have to tell you, when I got off stage, a guy came up to me and he said, I listen to you every Sunday and I see you play. Yeah. And I, he loved, he was like, you know, again, he let was me like, tell wow. You, if you've never seen Ellen Miller play, you need to see Ellen Miller play. Well, thank you. She's but amazing. I was more excited that he listened to the show, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. You know, because, you know, you don't know who's listening. So if you're listening and you want to give us a call, as Scott said, we are going to be taking calls because there is so much going on. But there's a lot so going that, on. That was about my, uh, my week. How about you, Scott? Oh, What's you know, week? it's a uh, 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 wackadoo. Time mm-hmm. to be working at any sort of food place. Oh, this is your time. Oh dear Lord! Oh, boy. The snack factory. The is snack on factory is full tilt boogie, baby. It is bustling right now. Uh, you know, just doing all that, getting ready for Thanksgiving. Is that this week? It is this week. No, I know. Oh my Believe it or God! Not, I think we're crazy. hosting. I better figure this out. How many people are you hosting? I'm nine. Be, nine. Okay. We're party in nine. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about you? Ten. Ten. Mm. You beat me. Possibly twelve. Ooh. My my sister and her her husband were supposed to go to Mexico. Yeah. Because they that's what they they're it's their tradition. Thanksgiving in Mexico. Yeah, I never get it. But I'm like, all right, hey, whatever floats your boat. But they both got sick. Uh, mm. Friday, mm. I think starting Friday, and so they canceled it. I'm like, well, if you guys are. Do you want it's to only come? like four hours. Yeah. So I'm like, come on, come but on. But they over. got sick to go there. Oh, because they were going to leave. They already. were going to leave. Yeah. So gonna... they hopefully will be well by Thanksgiving. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, maybe that'd be yeah, nice. Yeah. So it might for be twelve. You. I know it'd be great. My nephew and his his fiance are coming. So that'll, that'll be, be very exciting. I know. So I've been like I've been stalking birds. All right. So I was about you read my mind. I have been having a bird quandary. Why? Because we have nine people. And I don't. I like to have leftovers, but I don't want a huge turkey. So I'm doing it on the kettle. So, if you were having nine people, I always go what? two pounds. Oh, per you person. do. Well, yeah. I also have people like I know I've got people staying with me, and I know the, the leftovers day, yeah. is like a big thing. Well, not even next day, like later that night, no. like at ten o'clock at night. There's another. Feeding. What time do you eat Thanksgiving? Well, dinner? it changes. Like we usually aim for like. Four or five, it usually hits the table around like seven That's or so. That's us. We aim for a certain time. It tends to be a little bit later, uh, and then we'll. If I can get my family at our house by four, and then that's there's, a miracle. Then there's the cocktail hour and yeah, the yeah, d'oeuvre. Yeah. So I'm like you, maybe seven ish if we're lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I've just been like stalking up birds. I was trying to find like, oh gosh, okay, we got ten people coming. Yeah, all right. So I, yeah, I was trying to find the right I got bird. A Twenty pound bird. Yeah. You know. Uh, mm. But you see, I had to get it because, yeah, I just, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've just been like on, on major, like trying to like create the battle plan. I've been creating the battle do you plan. Do the too. battle plan? You know, like, Except I, I got a 13, see, I had a choice between like a 22 pound bird and a 13 pound bird. So I went with a 13 point, so almost 14 pounds. And there's right. going to be nine of us. One doesn't like turkey that much. Okay. Well, that'll be fine. 
You, you probably won't have. I'm going to buy a small ham. Leftovers. Yeah, ham would always flip I'm, that up. And I, then the sides. And the sides, because I do love turkey leftovers. I'm going to bring, don't hope none of my family listens anyway, but I'm going to get a small ham in hopes that they'll eat that. So I will have some turkey leftovers there for the, myself for the next day. There you day. go. You can also just buy like a turkey breast. I was thinking of doing that. Yeah, too. you can do that too. Like, what do well, you think of the crock pot turkey breast? What? I heard this morning, I was listening to, they had the Butterball Gal on one of the radio stations, and people put it in a crock pot. It, Ew. She said it was okay, you know, it was, yeah. Ew. Not, yeah. Is she making chili? Because it just seems like it would just kind of like, like it'd be rubbery, uh, or it? just it would disintegrate. How about in an Instant you know? Pot? Same thing. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I haven't really cooked with an Instant Pot, just yeah. mostly because I can't, I don't have a place to put an Instant Pot. We don't either. I you know? Yeah. And like an air fryer, because I know they, they well, Actually, double. I have an Instant Pot, but we keep but it in the basement. But how big would you need to put a turkey in there? Yeah, you can't there. do it in an like, Instant Pot. I was thinking tur- an air fryer, but what even an side? air fryer, you can't. You have to chop it up and hack yeah, it up like you like, like to do. But, what, but even like in a crock pot, like that's not a very big bird. Well, a breast you put in the crock pot. Oh. Just the breast. Yeah, that we're talking about doing a breast. I'm sorry, I was unclear. A breast in the turkey, oh, in, in the crock pot. No. Okay. I mean, why not just turn on your oven? It's the same thing. It's just, oh, we got a lot going on in that oven. So I know. Well, mm-hmm. that's why you have to make, create your battle plan and get everything done because the turkey will take an hour to rest or so. You can sit down for an Remember, hour. Remember, we're putting it on. Uh, we do it on the kettle. I do it outside. I do my Weber kettle uh, smoking method where I do indirect. Oh, oh. And I every couple hours I put gar- garlic cloves and uh, sprigs of rosemary onto the coals and the wood chips. Oh, so it perfumes that way. People like it. I've been making it that way for years. So, well, yeah. but I may. I heard there's yeah. these Bluetooth uh, ther- thermo- thermometers, oh, and yeah. you can just like look on your phone the whole time, so you don't have to go out. Yeah, they've got a lot of those. I, I, I know. I, I'm good. behind the times. I may need to get that by by Thursday. Yeah, but that's my. Well, that's I, what's happening I in the know, we, in the like the <laughs> mundane Thanksgiving world. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know, like this week was kind of like chill for me. You know, just kind of. Was able to catch up with my friend Rebecca, like with a, oh. a marathon FaceTime chat while I was testing out a cracker recipe. A cracker? You're making homemade crackers? Yeah. See, my my crew when they come over, they just they always want like the basics, and I'm like, I want to try something new. So you're making the so crackers special. So I'm making the new things like beforehand. How do you make a? I mean, tell me about the. You spread it out on a sheet pan or something? No, it's a good lot of mixing and oh. I want to hear talk about that later. We will. We'll do that later we'll on. We'll do that off the so air. So just kind of like, you know, was able to chat and like catch up with some friends and nice. everything and had this dentist appointment, which it cracked me up. First of all, I love my dental assistant so much. I saw that you did. Oh my God. Jessica is the best. She's wonderful. She makes me, she makes me giggle. She walks in and she's like, I was having a bad day. And I thought, and then I saw that you were coming in. I'm like, my day got better, Aww. which is very sweet. It's good to have a comedian in the chair. Yeah. And she was talking to me. She was like, oh, you know, it's so great. Like, I'm, I'm like, are you getting ready? You were like, what's going on? She's like, well, I'm in nursing school right now. And I'm like, wait, you're in nursing school and you're doing this full time like you're busy she's like yeah I, I try to like I'm up until like at least midnight or one o'clock you know doing things and whew, I'm beat let me tell you I am not here today and I went Jessica you're about to put metal objects in my mouth I need Don't you to be here. here I need you to be here please and she's like oh wait I didn't say that I'm sorry ha <laughs> so we just got <laughs> it, it was great I'm like alright thank you Jessica and she just kind of giggled and like when everything wrapped up I'm like thank you for showing up and she's like no problem so yeah so 
did that and everything. Jerry and I just kind of like laid low, had some couple evenings, went over to a friend's last night for, uh, uh, I'm, I'm the, we're the official gunkles. Yeah. Uh, and then we had our, 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 our what our gunkle niece? A niece, niece whatever. Niece. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, it was geese. her 18th birthday. Yeah. My geese. My ge- <laughs> it was my geese's uh, uh, 18th birthday. So we went over and just wow. like said hello nice for milestone. a little bit. Yeah. You know, and then I've just been running around creating my plan and everything because it's, it's, it's wackadoodle out there. We, I would, I would be remiss. Uh, it, like I said, it's, yeah. been, it's been a weird, yeah. weird week. And, you know, there's breaking news about mm-hmm. how an armed 22 year old entered an LGBTQ nightclub in Colorado Springs, uh, opened fire and killed at least five people and injuring 18 others. Um, yeah. The just, the details are still I... are still unfolding uh, with that whole situation to find out about the motive, uh, but still, yeah, that that's the state of the world that we're living in right now. Uh, again, it was clearly a targeted attack, um, mm-hmm. yeah, on the queer community. It reminds people of Pulse. Fortunately, totally. it wasn't as as fatal as it was there. But had any lives lost? Any uh, lives lost is, is in horrible, a, and know, people are their just lives. having out, having a good time. You know? And you know, this is this is where this is where we are. Mm-hmm. It's where we are, folks. Oh, thank goodness Lauren Boebert was reelected, so she can do something about it. Yeah, of course she. Uh, <laughs> she said how horrible it was. What is she going to say? Yeah. 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 So, um, so that is kind of that is that is where we are right now. Um, so yeah, and they have him in custody. They and, have him in uh, custody. You know, there were uh, patrons at the bar stopped him, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, just it's just so sad, like to wake up and to hear that this is this is what happened. Um, With an AR-15, what else is new? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and then to uh, that's just kind of like was the cherry on the cake of, of this <sighs> crazy. crazy, crazy, crazy week. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Elon Musk is dealing with Twitter and the. the uh, yeah, I'm not. It's a, not even a dumpster uh, fire. It is like a giant it's a landfill. It's a meltdown. That is me. that is on fire next to a nuclear power plant. Yeah. That is like uh, over uh, uh, an earthquake fault. Like it's it that is just a giant poop parade, and then of course they reinstated Trump uh, yesterday. As one headline I saw from a, a, a blogger I know, the bitch is back. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, speaking of, isn't tonight the uh, Elton, Elton John's yes, it is concert on Disney Plus? Is, Disney we're Plus. all we're ready to watch it. <laughs> speaking of, there we are. Speaking That'll of that be song, nice. We'll do good that. Segue, yes. Yeah, there we go. But uh, yeah, and wondering like, it's. He has yet to, to tweet anything. Well, he's in a tough spot, as we were mentioning just before the show started, because the Truth Social, he's got a contract with that failing thing that says he can't be anywhere else. So He can't. He just can't. He can't post on any other social media network for six hours after his he posts oh, on okay. Truth. Fine. So we know that he, can, he can't resist posting things. So. No, he can't resist So we anything. may not ever see him. On there, but just the fact that it's opened up and it's it's just and weird. Seventy-five percent. Uh, he, he fired half the employees, from what I understand, right this week, and then seventy-five percent of the rest walked out. So it's a shell of an organization. It's faltering. It's it's sad. I mean, didn't it, he also like fire people and and take away their security clearance? 
and then as a result, 50 people were trapped in the garage because they couldn't leave without yes, their security card. I heard something like that, And the like person that, yeah. that could fix it was one of the people who that was, was a, <laughs> they, being fired. It was left, just like, you know. it is just a giant poop parade. Yeah, yeah. As, He's a piece of work. He is a piece of work. Uh-huh. He is a piece of work. And uh, this <clears> is just uh, coming at the end of the week where the, a Florida man announced that he was running for president in 2024. Oh, and the enthusiasm and the excitement of that announcement was just. I did, did you? I haven't seen. Yes, of course I did. Oh, you did. I haven't. I didn't watch any of the footage and everything. And apparently, it was so boring that even Fox News even cut Fox, away CNN from it. CNN cut away, and then I switched to Fox to see how long they'd hang. And then they cut away. They cut away. You know, and when they said he was going to be about thirty minutes long, I mean, yeah, right. Like, no, give no, me a break. No, 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 no. It's not. And they also apparently locked the doors so nobody could leave. People were starting. They were trying to leave, and they're like, out. "No, you can't go." Bad optics. You must stay. Yeah. Put their arms up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one child was there, Eric. He was the only one that showed up. Of course, he's the only one that showed up because he, he, he had the chance to he have daddy's else love to that do. night. I know. He's like, oh, mm. yeah. It's whatever. It, it's. I have a lot of. I mean, there's like the the, the infighting that is hap- gonna be, that is going on right now. The people that are like. Oh, and then I'd Pence's so- book that he released and all of his interviews. We got a lot. Oh, girl, that Pence interview that came out earlier, too. Well, with- he's done. He's doing with everybody. But it wasn't was it 60 Minutes? He did that he David did? Muir on ABC. It was ABC. That, that yeah, David Muir. Yeah. And I saw him this morning with uh, on uh, Face the Nation. Uh, he's also on CNN with Jake Tapper. I didn't watch that one. But he is walking the fine line of trying to be the most heroic patriot you've ever met because of God and country and his duty to the Constitution, yet he will not vilify Trump like he needs to be vilified because he wants to keep that base in his camp. And he he brings up Jesus a lot and God. And he hoped that Trump would, would, would he gave him some advice to maybe reach out to the, to to the, to the Lord, to the Lord for, you know, uh, the whole thing. He's like a robot. Yeah. It's great advice. Like he was going to, Trump's going to reach out to anybody. Look inward. I mean, look inward. Uh, Pence is the most inauthentic human being I've ever, one of the most. He's, what you can say about Trump, he is who he is. You listen to him, he is what he, you know, he is who he appears to be. Pence, he's got this demeanor where he just oh, has this, look. this pre, you know, like the, 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 the uh, the mega church preacher kind of guy that's, oh, you know. There is no, he, no, no, no. He's, it's, he's not a mega church because at least mega church people, they, they have like, enthusiasm. they have enthusiasm and yeah. charisma. There is nothing more condescending and annoying than the concerned Christian oh, male. He is that. What? White, white concerned that, that Christian tone, male. That tone drives me, oh, me up too, Scott. a tree. He's just. But thank goodness he is protecting somebody who is, you know, the king of, you know, Introspection, like yeah. looking inside, how right. and self improvement. How can he become a better human being? Mm. That whole, <sighs> yeah. Did he bring up mother at all? He brought Karen up. He didn't call her mother. Oh, okay. There we are. Yeah. One thing he said this morning, real quickly. I know we're up against heartbreak. Is up. Uh, he, they asked him about this morning on on uh, Face the Nation. You know, how do you feel about gay marriage and protecting it? And well, I feel that. 
marriage, I, being a Christian man and following the Bible, it's between one man and one woman. And then he goes, but I do believe that people should be able to love who they want to love. And I mean, he's like, you know. But, and, 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 but just have none and, of the federal protections. Like, Karen and, right. Karen and I had issues with fertility, and we understand that. Because she brought up, you know, what about, you know, um, IVF and how should that be, you know, because life begins at conception, blah, blah, blah. And we... When we signed up for, you know, we, we were up for an adoption to adopt a child and we had two children that our name came up and I asked, was it, an, was it a couple having fertility issues? And they said yes and we'll pass on, and, you know, give that, you know, give that person, that, that couple the opportunity to have that child. And I thought, because if it was two men or two women trying to adopt that baby, not, a, you know, I guess those are infertility issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's just, ugh. He's just, he tries he's to be just so... so Pious and oh, he's just—he's pious and milk toast and in milk toast. Club soda is too spicy for him. <laughs> so there we go. Anyway, we do have to take a, a break, uh, but before we go, uh, this part about Chicago was brought to you by Team Hochberg. If you are purchasing a new home, refinancing your existing home, securing a VA loan, or a reverse mortgage, you need to call Team Hochberg, your trusted local lender. Meet David, who posted this five-star Google review after working with Team. Hochberg loan officer Mark Zenner. My wife and I make good money but had no way to pay off our credit card debt, so I called Team Hochberg and worked with Mark Zenner. Mark helped us pay off forty-five grand in credit card debt, eliminated our stress, and saved us over a thousand dollars a month. You can read David's and almost four hundred five-star reviews visiting Google and entering Team Hochberg in the browser. If you'd like to experience the same five-star customer service as David and thousands of other WCPT listeners, the next time you, a friend, or a family member, purchase a new home or refinance your existing home, you need to call 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. That's 855-563-2843 or visit their website 56david.com. Lower.com, Equalizing Lender, NMLS 1124061. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will take your calls. And we're going to be talking about how um, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is stepping down after decades mm -hmm. of incredible service. Yes. So stick around. You are listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Welcome back. I'm writer and activist Stacey Anchin. You are listening to Out Chicago on WCPT 820. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, along with Ellen Miller, rolling along. Yeah. Just... I'm thinking about something right now that is making me laugh. What? I was talking about the crock pot idea that I heard on the radio on the way here to do our turkey, do a little turkey breast in the crock pot. And I remember during COVID, it was just the two of us, and I did a buttermilk turkey breast in the crock pot. You know, we thought it was just the two of us, and it was, what? it was like, Rubber. It's like what? Really bad. What? Yeah, I think whoever's doing really that. Who, wait, so I marinated. You know, I had it in the was this buttermilk. A was this a turkey expert? Who? It was from Butterball. She's the Butterball. Butterball the, said, "Go ahead and throw it in the in the crock pot." Somebody called and said, "You know what? You know they're taking callers." And said, "You know what? How about doing a, a turkey? I'm thinking of doing a turkey breast in the crock pot." And she said, "Oh yeah, that's a lovely idea." And then I, now I'm remembering, I'm having, a, I think I blocked it out during COVID. We did a buttermilk brine turkey in the breast in there. And Wait, so did you put buttermilk, did it cook in the buttermilk? No, I, I marinated it for a day or two in a sriracha buttermilk. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I put it in the crock pot. 
Mm. Yeah. No. It just seems. It wasn't very good. On top of COVID, as if it wasn't bad enough being trapped in our house by ourselves for Thanksgiving. Yeah, we had yeah, that. No, that's, yeah, that's, you're right, Kathy. I'm not going to do that. There we are. No, yeah. Thank you. I'm thank you, Kathy. senses already. Yeah, no. no, speaking of trapped in the house, um, we the Democrats lost the house. We, which was no surprise, but only, no surprise. But not by a ton. But like, by like, what, eight? Probably, yeah. But again, friends out there, mm-hmm. just want to remind you, when people were like, my vote doesn't count. My vote doesn't count. There are, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to vote. What's the point of voting? Let's oh. go to kooky pants Lauren Boebert. Yeah. 500 votes. Yeah. 500 votes. That's that's you know oh you can your vote matters your vote matters and of course her her opponent whose name is escaping me right now he conceded um because in a very like but it was like hey look i just want to let you know yes there is going to be a there's going to be a recall i'm uh, a recount, recount. Mm-hmm. rather i am not going to spend money into this whole thing because that's a waste of resources and and time. Uh, I leave it to the Democrat to have a well, uh, and yeah, and just be like, look, Dem- the Colorado elections are are fair, and you know they they're run on a legal and safe way. Um, I accept these results. There will be a recount, but the he's like, there are not going to be a a ton of votes that were not uncounted because they did such a great right, job he doing acknowledges it. So it we acknowledge was, that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and now we've got her again. Ugh. Which I don't understand. Mm. I don't under. I don't understand Republicans who are choosing. They are. They are deciding to choose on the dumbest people. The dumb. Like well, she it backfired not, in, in most in very in you know so many as we know. Yeah, of, of but the, the, of but the, the cuckoo pants loudmouth ones like yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, she won. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. try not to mention her name and Lauren Bobo. This will be the last time I'll mention her. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, she's wackadoodle. She's the one who with like the guns. Which now we've got this shooting that's yeah. happening in Colorado Springs. You know, all of that that's happening. Um, but and Herschel Walker. Oh. Oh. That I mean, it's just so that whole viral speech about the the, the vampire he wants, to be a, he wants to be a werewolf. I was up late at night watching this. Well, I shouldn't have, but I, you know, who won? You know who's stronger? The were you know? I was just like, it's it, just, it, it's it's crazy. I think he's going to lose pretty bad. I do. I because I, they don't have now a compelling issue now that the Senate is you know going the way of the Democrats. I really don't think. I mean, people came out because they voted for Kemp and, you know, they came out for the election. But I don't think people are going to people will. But I I think more will come out for Herschel. I hope I I mean, for I'm sorry for Reverend Warnock. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, I, that's my feeling. But it's just he's horrible. He's a horrible candidate. Even other Republicans say he's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and I know where's the outrage, you know, with like, you know, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Exactly. You know, and yeah. like just play football. You got what this about goofball. this dude, goofball, who's out there like talking about he doesn't want to be a vampire anymore oh, and he wants to be a he werewolf. He wants to be a werewolf now because they kill right, vampires. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's how you the late night uh, talk uh, talk show com- comedians were having a field day. They have a field day. He's a gift for them, you know, he every, is. every night until the December runoff. Yeah, uh, but, it, but what if that December runoff is not 
that goes in his favor. It like won't. the whole thing. I'm, I'm saying okay, it right well, here, right go. now. He will not be elected our senator in Georgia, of Georgia. Our friends in Georgia, you need to to get out for that recount. But it's just like I don't understand where there are people who are literally they they are not smart. They are not smart people. You know, Scott, we think we we like to think that we think that we surround ourselves around smart people, and I think we do. But you, you know what? There's a lot of dumb people in this country. Obviously, the ones that are still following Trump, for example, the ones that vote for Bobard, the ones that vote for Marjorie Taylor Greene, the a million people voted for Herschel Walker, over a million. You know, yeah. there are idiots in this country. I'm sorry. It's sad. It's sad that you're so full of fear and hate that you think voting for these these crackpots is going to, you know, keep you safe and keep you uh, insulated from the rest of the world, because that's really what you're what you're about. And that's true. And I think you just teed up nicely for for Paul in Seattle. Let's go to Paul. Welcome. You're on out Chicago. Well, yeah, I guess a werewolf can kill a vampire, but I think it depends on what kind of werewolf. Now, I don't know. I I don't know if Herschel knows this, but there are five different kinds of werewolves. Oh, see, now you're just getting. Now you're talking crazy talk here. Like <laughs> five <laughs> different kinds of werewolves. Oh, I, no, yeah. I think it's the hispos form that can actually kill a vampire. That's the one that looks like a dog because there's, there's the kind that looks like a man, and then there's. It's a rich tapestry, Paul. It is a rich tapestry of, of yeah. scary werewolves out there. It, it, it's, it's, yeah, but anyway, the the MAGA cult cannot change allegiance. It's, it's a cult. So Mike Pence and all of his, his Christian dog whistles, that doesn't, because you see, they're not really Christian. No. They, they, that doesn't matter to them. So they have to have it from the Donald's mouth himself. Only his interpretation or, or what he says about it matters to him. So, I mean, we're in a very good position here because um, the, frack, the, the Republican Party is definitely fractured. So if Trump gets the nomination, then the, if the wing of the Republican Party that is beginning to come to their senses with regard to this election, where they actually did lose, they lost because they didn't win. And they will not support Trump. They will just not vote. Or And if Trump doesn't get the nomination and they drum him out of the party, well, then the MAGA cult, they'll go crawl back into the coals, their holes where they were before. Yeah. Well, now, do you think people. they will or do you think that this is really going to be empowered the or, or they're definitely empowered because, you know, they had somebody who was a blowhard and a bully for, and, yeah, for, four and years, for yeah. well longer than that because yeah. we had to deal with them ever since 2015, like announcing his election, you know, I mean, his candidacy yes. rather. But, uh, it feels like these people are now emboldened to let their bigotry and their racism and their small-mindedness like lead the way and be very, very loud. Sad because but you just, true. But, and so, if they have, yeah, if they have the, if they have the voice of permission. But you know, I, as I've said, it, it, uh, dare I make the comparison, but from the best of goodness, uh, even Peter turned away from Jesus. So when Trump gets drummed out. They, he'll be gone. He'll be gone. He's just going to be gone. That nobody follows a cult that doesn't have a leader. Right. It's the, the, when the head is gone, and what we can do here with with the Republicans, they, they will do absolutely. They've already told us what they're going to do. It's going to be it's going to be the Spanish Inquisition all the time. And I know nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition except when it's the Republicans, right? Right. And that's all they're going to do. And so what we can do now? No funding bills. Only fun, no funding bills can start in the Senate. Only funding bills have to start in the House, and we will expect no funding bills to start there. But the Senate can pass, can originate uh, leg, uh, policy legislation, and we can pass great 
policy legislation in the Senate. And I actually, I'll tell you, even though Nancy Pelosi has stepped down from leadership, she will, I think, I think with the incompetence in the Republican House that the media is still going to come to her as just almost a de facto speaker. And she can whip the legislation that passes in the Senate. And so can President Biden say, look, they'd rather persecute me than pass great legislation for you because they won't do anything. We already know this. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they open up Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi again. I mean, anything <laughs> Nothing surprises. Not do something. Anything to not do something is what they will do because they are a complete, they're a band of just complete incompetent, you know, we don't have to say their names because those people have no talent. They have no leadership skills whatsoever. None of them. I mean, if you've ever had any leadership training, you can see that they don't exercise anything that you would learn in leadership 101. No. So that's not going anywhere. And I think that, that Joe Biden has he has been so part of this system for so long. He knows how to do the legislation. And we will get Georgia. We are going to get Senator Warnock back. Yes. And cool. Cool. I, I, and I appreciate I all of your optimism on I'm that. I'm with you, there Paul. Are, Paul. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us a call. Uh, not, uh, not only do they lack like leadership, but they lack any principles. They don't. I, I'm still confused as to what they're fighting for. I know what they're against. <laughs> I know exactly, exactly what they're against, and that they want to impeach Joe Biden for what? Well, we'll find out. We'll like we'll figure that out. But we need to impeach Joe Biden, and we need to look at Hunter Biden's laptop. That's what we need to do, and we need to impeach Nancy Pelosi. But she's not in leadership anymore, or she won't be. It's it's just weird. It's like it's so like you did it. You, you did it you to did Trump, it, so we're so going to do, do it. it. Like, you. But, but the thing is, we actually had had a case, yeah. and we were laying things Huge out. Huge cases. And Huge we cases. knew exactly what we were looking at, but this general, like, we're going to impeach Biden. And, you know, people, say what you will, they're, they're tired of these impeachments. They're tired of this kind of thing, both Republicans and some Democrats. I mean, I, you know, as a Democrat and someone that wanted to see Trump held his feet to the fire for his actions, uh, I was all for it. But I'm sure there's, and then, you know, what did the Republicans say during that? Oh, come on. You're, this is political. This is political. This is political. So the first chance they have to, you know, to have control, they're just being more political. And I don't think it's even going to sit well with a lot of, more mainstream Republicans. Oh, yeah, I don't think so either. Well, because they, what they were talking about, like, in they kept running on inflation and crime. Right. Well, now that's all They are even talking gone. about that. They they're talking, talking about, about all the payback they want to do. Jim Jordan, give me a break. I mean, this guy, this is, these are the Republican leaders. They're soulless. They're soulless, and they're, they're power-hungry, and they're void of, of real service to their constituents. They just care about their power, and we know that, so... Uh, yeah, there we go. You know, why don't we take a on yeah. that note? Why don't we take a break and then when we come back on the other other side, we'll we'll talk about Nancy Pelosi, yeah, like her her career, who might be coming up, yeah. uh, and how much they support the LGBTQ community. We'll also talk about how there was a pretty important movement about getting the Respect for uh, Marriage Act one step closer to coming into law. So uh, please join us on the other side of this break. Uh, Stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. I'm Honey West. Welcome to Out Chicago on WCPT. 
And welcome back to Out of Chicago. Scott Duff and Emma Miller mm-hmm. rolling along. We're talking all sorts of things during the break. I chimed in on football. Scott knew. I, knew, I know sports. He knew. Who are the Bears playing today, Scott? They are playing another team. <laughs> Is that wrong? Yeah, I right. know. I know. And they will be wearing helmets. I get, I'll give you a hint. We were t- just talking about the senatorial race. That is cons- that's coming up. So, uh, uh, the <laughs> Atl- Atl- Atlanta yes! Fal- Falcons. Wow. I knew the city. He even knew the team and name. And the bird. I knew the city and the oh, animal. You never cease to impress me, I'm Scott. amazing because I am a sports guru. <laughs> I am. I'm, look, <laughs> this well runs deep <laughs> over here. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> Speaking of deep wells, look, it's yeah. sad. Um, let's give big old snaps to uh, Nancy Pelosi. Yes, the That's most consequential Speaker of the House in our lifetime. Yes, yes. And the most hated, it seemed. Because she was good at her job. Because she was really good at And she was a woman. Oh, yeah. She still is a an woman. An older woman. And she's an older woman. And they're like, oh, there's nothing worse than, a, than an uppity woman. You're right. You know That's saying? how they right. feel about so, it. So yeah, so House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced that she would step down from leadership in January, but would remain in Congress. I mean, she is amazing. She's she shattered the, what she called the 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 marble ceiling mm-hmm. in Congress during her two decade career as leader. She was the first mm-hmm. woman to be uh, elected the Speaker of the House. Her tenure spanned the Iraq War, the financial crisis that she called from the depths of hell, mm-hmm. uh, sweeping legislation to regulate Wall Street, <coughs> expanding health insurance coverage to millions of Americans, a nuclear arms treaty with Russia, and repeal uh, and to repeal the U.S. military's don't ask, don't tell policy on gay serving in the armed forces. Uh, and she also became the uh, first speaker, unfortunately, to launch two impeachments yeah. against the same sitting president. And you, just to tie it back into mm-hmm. what we were talking about earlier uh, with the impeachments and how we were like, okay, so they're going to impeach Biden now. And, and there was never a want to impeach Trump. I mean, I think with certain political right, commentators and maybe some right, people she, in, in, this, in this booth right now, we wanted him to be impeached. But she looked at it as like a sad day. She did. She wasn't Ameri- like yeah. gleeful. We're going to go get him. We're going to, you know, she no, looked at it, it as like, really solemn This is like, can't believe we've it. come to this. to this. Yeah, how horrible is that? How is this? horrible so, that we have come here, that yeah. this democracy that we have like tried to preserve, that we are fighting, that we are trying to become a more perfect union on a daily basis, uh, that it has come to this, that we now have to go after mm. this this unfortunate soulless that's human so being yeah. you know and that's that's the thing and and you know you have people calling for her execution mm. oh the horrible things i mean you saw the what they things. did when they went into her but, office on they did in the 6th. office but just going after her husband that violent attack right there and then making a mockery of that you know it it's she's done good i think she's done really really oh, good she is she is a very shrewd politician she knows how to to whip up the votes and she also can kind of like sense the mood mm-hmm. she she can read the room yeah she can she's read not the just room. thinking about her own ego she does truly i think think about the people around her and what's what makes the most sense yeah she's she i don't know i, I think she's amazing i do, do too what are you gonna miss about are you gonna miss nancy We'd love to hear from you. 773-763-9278. 773-763-9278. Um, you know, she was still going to be there and be a member of Congress. Yes. Uh, she will be there with her finishing her term. Um, and the U.S. House of Representatives, they look to be, 
you know, they're they're kind of the, the proposed leadership or the thing the the major rumblings of the new uh, Democratic leadership because everybody is stepping down uh, from their leadership positions uh, on the Democrat side. It looks like. Um, we're gonna have a good crew. Yeah, it really does. In. It really does. You know, some and, new blood, and, and, and some young, yeah, younger some young, people, younger people, some and more that, diversity. Uh, well, know, I think that's one needed. of the things too that, that people are talking about. That you know, that younger people, we need to have like make way for the the new folks mm-hmm. that are coming up. Uh, and a lot of these folks are still uh, are very pro LGBTQ. Um, that are up for leadership. So yes. looking at the, the to be the bidding of the top three Dem leaders, it's a Hakeem Jeffries as minority leader, Catherine Clark as minority whip, and Pete Aguilar as the caucus leader. Um, all of them have a perfect 100 scores uh, from the Human Rights Campaign's congressional scorecard. Um, and the Democratic caucus is going to vote uh, on its leaders November 30th and December 1st, so coming up. So... Yeah, I I am excited about the uh, you know the new the, the new blood the new uh, leadership that we will be having. I, as much as I love Nancy, you know she did say when she was elected speaker last time that she would be retiring in 2022. Yep. So you know she followed through on it, and and what happened to her husband a couple of weeks ago? I'm sure uh, oh, didn't yeah. made her comp- you know go through with what she had planned to do in the first place. But yeah, uh, a, a total reevaluation. Yeah. But, the, but coming in uh, for the new Democratic leadership, you have Hakeem Jeffries, who'd be the first black man yes. to be a top party leader in either the House or the Senate. Uh, he's been a House member since 2013. Mm-hmm. He represents New York's eighth congressional di- district, which includes much of Brooklyn, part of Queens, and he's currently the chairman of the. House Democratic Caucus. He has supported the Respect for Marriage Act and the Equality Act, among other pro-LGBTQ plus bills, Mm -hmm. and he's spoken out about the need to keep rights from being taken away uh, by the Supreme Court. So that's, I think we could not thank Hakeem Jeffries up there. Love it, love it. Catherine Clark. She represents the 5th Congressional District of Massachusetts, which encompasses several suburbs of Boston. And she was elected, uh, first elected in a special election in 2013. She's now the assistant speaker. And during uh, Pride Month, she released a statement. That said, we affirm the LGBTQ plus history. We affirm that LGBTQ plus history is American history and we stand united against the MAGA Republican assault on freedom. We most urgently enact the, we must urgently enact the Equality and Respect for Marriage Acts to protect the rights of all Americans and continue our work of building a nation where all are welcome. Love that. I love that too. Love that. And then again, just to get to know the rest of you, mm-hmm. the rest of the, the the trio for the caucus leader, uh, Pete Aguilar, who represents a California district centered on San Bernardino County in the southern part of the state. He's recently had a high profile uh, as a member of the committee investigating the insurrection of January 6th. He is currently vice chair of the House Democratic Caucus and is the highest ranking Latino in Congress. So it's, you know, a woman, an African-American man and a Latino man. That is that's that's what our country that, looks like. And, and that, that's yeah, what that's our, that, what our country and, looks and like. And that's what we need to have representing us in that's the leadership what, roles. That's what we do. Uh, let's quick go to the phones and check out Jim in Chicago. Welcome. You're on out Chicago. Good afternoon. Uh, oh. How are you? I, I was just thinking, uh, Pelosi's actions at the Capitol were absolutely spectacular. She took charge of the place and all the men were running for the exits. Oh, yeah. She was the only, yeah, she was the only one that, uh, that called the shots that day. Yeah. 
Yeah, for, for my money, uh, she's fantastic. She was fantastic, a fantastic speaker, and uh, she'll go down in American history as uh, by herself. I think she was, for my money, the, the greatest speaker that we've had in my in my at least in my seventy years in this earth. I'm amen I to that, Jim. I totally agree. Yeah, and she. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You. Go ahead. I wasn't there a shooting, a horrible shooting last night. I fell asleep. In yeah, there was. There was a horrible shooting in Colorado Springs at a at a gay bar. Um, five people were at least five people that we know right now uh, have been reported as being killed and eighteen, 18 injured. Injured. And, and you know, it's it's on the eve of uh, well, it happened. I don't, I don't know what time. The uh, trans uh, day of aware, of remembrance is actually today, um, the twentieth. And they had planned a uh, a special day, a drag show today, and and you know commemorating the, the, the trans yeah the, tra the yeah. trans day. And this this happened. I don't know what was on the mind of this horrible uh, deranged person, uh, but the timing of it is sad because you know here today we're trying to remember people that have died due to uh, violence, uh, due to who they are, and look what happened. It just underlines the continued need for us to fight for. For for equality and, uh, but how do you how do you assign a motive to something like that? They they always searching for motives. There's no motive other than just kill as many people as you possibly can. That, that's the motive. But, but it's well, a hate crime because, because he probably's online and he probably you know they'll look at his computers, Jim, and they'll see that he was potentially. I don't know. Again, this is conjecture. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 you know, but I think the motive, uh, no, the, no, Jim, thank you so much for giving us a call. We, we appreciate it. But I think the motive that we are talking about, he targeted a gay club, much like the shooter in at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. The When you target a specific community, that is a motive. Yes. That is somebody who is like, I, I am inspired. I need, mm -hmm. yes, like you were saying, to shoot as many people as possible, mm -hmm. which is an awful, horrible thing. Uh, and then you, when you are sp targeting a specific community, like the queer community in Colorado, um, that is a... that. That is that's the motive. So we're trying to figure out why he targeted this particular club. So yeah, so there we are. So that's that is where we are right now with with this horrible thing. And and yeah. Anyway, sorry, just had to chime in there. About, yeah, about no, the yeah, about no, what's going on there. So true. I mean, it's. It, it's it's a hate crime, you know, and and you people wonder why we're we're constantly, you know, talking about the need for, uh, for inclusion, you know, for compassion, for laws that protect people in this country, and like the Equality Bill, the and, Equality Act, Act yeah, which you know, and and you because our community is is a target. It's constantly a target, and last night was another reminder of of how precarious life can be. Yeah, um, sorry, I'm trying to to look at the internet and talk on the radio to see what, what there have been any updates that have been going on right now. I cannot find any things that have been updated other than, um, you know, they were talking about um, Club Q. They, they thanked the heroic customers that subdued the gunmen on social media. Um, they said it was devastated by the senseless attack on our community and thanked the quick reactions of heroic customers that subdued the gunmen and ended this hate attack. Um, so yeah, so this is this is what we're talking about the 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 past the midterm election, uh, 
the GOP, their main their main strategy is to organize discontent. And the group that was being focused primarily uh, during this last election cycle was the LGBTQ community. Uh, they were going after us about don't say gay uh, in, in schools. They're going after, uh, for some reason, drag queen story hours, making them felonies or whatever. Um, they were talking about, you know, just uh, uh, the LGBTQ community being filled with nothing but groomers coming after your children. So, of course, this is going to take somebody who might have a very tenuous relationship with reality, uh, go a little... Yeah, maybe, maybe not, maybe even a little bit more tenuous, yeah. uh, and then decide that they're going to do something about it. Blood, yeah, there's blood on the hands of these anti-gay extremists who are constantly, you know, uh, spouting this anti-gay rhetoric. You yeah, know? yeah. This is so, what happens. So this is. I'm I'm sad that we don't have control of the House anymore because you know the one thing that Speaker Pelosi did was she got through the the Equality Act passed twice on her watch yeah. and then it stalled in the Senate. Um, this is still legislation that we need to pass. Uh, the Respect for Marriage Act uh, is something that we need to pass so that it, we get protections on a federal level. Yeah. When we're not asking for special protections, we're just talking of, of the right not to be fired, not to be denied housing, to marry who we choose to get married to. Um, and. To not be shot, because the message that it sends when these when these p- pieces of legislation are not passed is that it's wrong, or it's you know it's it's a it shouldn't be wrong. People keeping people safe for who they are should never be wrong, and we got to do better. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And right now, we've got to take a break. Uh, so please, uh, we've got the news coming up at the top of the hour. And when we come back, uh, it is the second hour of Out Chicago right here on WCPT. So stick around. I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller as we are rolling around. Yes, we are. Here. Uh, sorry, we're going to try to keep you updated with the if there's any more updates going on with the Colorado Springs uh, shooting mm-hmm. at a... Uh, an LGBTQ nightclub. If you are just joining us and have not tuned in, uh, there was a shooting uh, last night at uh, Club Q, which is a queer nightclub in Colorado Springs. A 22-year-old gunman uh, came in, uh, killed at least five people and injured at least 18. Uh, all of that is coming in. He is taken. It was taken into custody. But yeah, so we are. We'll keep you posted if there are any new, uh, if there's any new news on that. A really, really sad occasion. Um, but uh, the rest of this hour, we are hoping to to find things to be thankful for yes. and to celebrate things. Um, later on this hour, we are going to be chatting. You know, the Chicago Reader has a lot to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been around for over 50 years right now, and coming up uh, later on uh, November 30th, they are hosting 50-ish The Ungala, which benefits the uh, Reader Institute for Community Journalism, which is the publisher of the Chicago Reader. We're going to be speaking with uh, publisher uh, and media legend here in Chicago, oh, uh, yes, Tracy Bame. Yes. Uh, there we are. But uh, bef- but before we, we do that, I'm so excited about this. Look, we, know, we love Steppenwolf. Of course. We love Steppenwolf Theater. Talk about you can't get more Chicago 
than Steppenwolf. No, you cannot. So Steppenwolf Theater, uh, they are they're continuing it their fortieth forty seventh season. Wow. Mind blown. I can't even. That's hard to wrap around. But they're considering their their forty seventh season with the world premiere of Vichet Chum's Bald Sisters, a brazen comic examination of the ties that bind multi generational families of immigrants together. And joining us now is playwright and theater maker Vichet Chum. Vichet, welcome to the show. Hello, how's it going? We're it's doing great. great. We're doing great. Sorry, yeah. sorry, we had some bad news leading into this whole thing, but we're <laughs> we're so excited to to dive into this wonderful world. Congratulations on the world premiere of your play coming up at Steppenwolf uh, that begins on December first. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the uh, about the play Bald Sisters. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, I, I I also wanted to say, you know, I appreciate that acknowledgement. You know, it's a as we're learning more about the event that happened in Colorado, it's such a tragic tragic situation, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I appreciate you all making space for that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Bold Sisters is about you know three Cambodian women in Dallas, Texas, where I'm originally from. Um, I call them gay icons because to me they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, the matriarch has just passed away, this Cambodian woman and her two adult sisters, um, one being a Southern Baptist Christian and the other being a Theravada Buddhist. Um, The two sisters are arguing about what to do with her mother and how to honor her after she's passed away. Um, Yeah. And so it's all about sibling rivalry. It's all about sibling conflicts, about how we honor those we love. um, And then the things we learn about um, our our parents when they pass. Yeah. So were you inspired by some people you knew uh, in 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 the Dallas area that, you know, that these characters are modeled after? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have always wanted to write a story about the Cambodian women in my life. Um, these people who lived, you know, really difficult, but also really boisterous and, and joyful lives. Mm-hmm. Um, many of them are still with me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I wanted to sort of encapsulate their experience as as both survivors of the genocide back in Cambodia um, and then also survivors of assimilation and racism and um, these these kind of warrior women who um, who also have the the most refined sense of humor, uh, most like chaotic sense of humor out of anyone I know in my life. So, so you uh, you describe them as gay icons in your in your mind. What makes a gay yeah. icon? Yep. I mean, because I just heard about, and I think you might have just said it, just hearing the words like warrior woman uh, and and fierce ferocity and joy and sense of humor, like that right there in my mind. But what what in your mind is a gay icon? Yeah, I mean, a gay icon can be many things to many different people. But for me, I think it has much to do with um, somebody who has sort of um, been through so much, have survived through, you know, many different stages of, 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 of tragedy and survival, um, and um, who retain a sense of humor about their lives. I think, you know, specifically speaking to this play, you know, the, the matriarch, Matt, who is sort of loosely based on my own mother, um, is just a firecracker, is somebody who is sort of able to light up a room without really doing anything but being uh, present with people. Um, and she has, she's so in control of herself and, and her sense of humor and the way she looks at the world. 
Um, and then her two daughters are certainly products of, of their mother. Mm-hmm. Um, the elder daughter's a little bit more controlling, and she has sort of like a she's compartmentalized her life and her problems, but she's also has this like really cutting razor sharp sense of things. Um, and then the younger daughter is is just sort of an, a, a bleeding heart, somebody who absolutely will fall into these really crazy situations, but is willing to do so because she's leading with love. Mm. And so to me, like they they are three different gay icons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're representing these sort of like different points of view and also like a ferocity of, of the, their own point of view and how they live their lives. Yeah, why do you think that the queer community, and I guess primarily gay men, find the what the the, the appeal, what is the appeal of tragedy? You know, because I'm I'm there eating it up with a spoon. You know, just like uh, yeah. but the tra- you know like oh give me more. Like I just watched the the elephant's Gerald documentary on Netflix. It's really great. But uh, you know, just like seeing all the the triumph and the overcoming. Wh- why do you think that that is so appealing to queer folks? Well, I think, you know, we certainly have digested a lot of gay narratives, queer narratives that have centered, you know, tragedy because we we come from that place. Yeah. That is a part of our origin stories as well. Um, you know, being born into a space in which you are not um, either being reflected or acknowledged or loved, you know, you are an outlier to society in some way. Um, and so that is actually in many ways, at least for me personally, my yeah. neutral, that's where I start from in a lot of ways. Um, and then the audacity to defy that, to defy, you know, society, to sort of be yourself, the audacity to be yourself. That is clearly queer. Yes. You know, that is a, that is absolutely what it is to be a gay queer person in the world. And so, and I think also, you know, particularly in conjunction with this conversation about these women who have gone through very tragic things, they also retain this sense of humor and develop this sense of humor to survive, to get through it, to yeah. to to be able to have perspective and context for their tragedy. Um, and so, you know, I'm I'm just elated to like invite queer people to this show, to this story that I think is told through a queer perspective, through the lens of a queer person, um, in that we can laugh and cry at the same time. Yeah. 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 Ab- amen. Always great. Amen to all of that. Mm-hmm. So what what was it like growing up as a queer Cambodian American in in Texas? Yeah, you know, That's it's, my experience is <laughs> super easy, <laughs> I'm sure. I think it is. Yeah, it's so simple. <laughs> You're out. We love you. It's Welcome great. It's no wonderful. Problem. Not a problem at all. Come on over to the store. Yeah, let's yeah. do whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I was hyper aware that I was growing up at this intersection of both being Cambodian and gay, um, and also being aware that there to express yourself felt like a privilege in some capacity to be your honest self felt like a, a, a privilege of, of someone who has, who has not had the history that my family has shared. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I was navigating that. And then the other variable in that was that my brother is also gay. And so he's, he's a year and a half older than me. And so I was navigating a lot growing up. I was navigating this very sort of omnipresent Southern Baptist, um, oppressive, um, uh, mm. you know, you know, dogma. And then 
also the cultural Cambodian things that made it a little bit difficult. And also this very personal thing, which is that my brother was also gay and he was in many ways an, an avatar for me to see the way in which my life could go right. or couldn't go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. So, my 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 partner's brother, older brother uh, came out before he did. So it was kind of like, all right, you test the waters. How is this going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he, my brother came out in high school, and I didn't come out until I th- turned thirty. Uh, so, you know, I so you can imagine what I was navigating. Yeah, mm-hmm. watching my brother go through all these things that were were tremendously difficult, um, and then me feeling like, oh well, I can't do that. That I am an impossibility in some way, um, and so then having to sort of like work through my own shame, work through my own feelings of, of, of not being who I needed to be. Um, and then eventually, you know, you know, stepping into my adulthood and realizing that there was no other path for me, but my most authentic one, which is that I am a queer, gay, queer man. And, and, um, and did, so it took some time. Did your mother eventually uh, accept and uh, embrace, embrace you for who you were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think my mother, obviously, you know, because of her background, she, she I think she, um, it took her a long time to process, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, my mother and my my father and my partner, we actually just went on a family trip together um, to Europe, and it was the first trip that we had ever taken, just the four of us. And I was hyper aware of how much things have changed yeah. from that first point of of me coming out to them. Um, they're they're so much more. Um, they they've just sort of softened their edges, and they're they're much more willing to just like be present with me and my partner and um they they love me you know and mm-hmm. they've always loved me they just had to find a language to get to that place. Yeah. love conquers all yeah and I think it's true yeah <laughs> and and patience and patience too you know i think you know uh, I, I i'm relating to what you're saying because um uh, my now my wife my girlfriend and i went to europe with my parents uh in 1998 to Spain, the four of us. And I'll never forget, we got to this beautiful condo. It was a timeshare condo that they had, you know, it was their timeshare. And I said, well, here's the, the, the master bedroom. But my mom said, you two, you, you, you two take that. And I'll never forget, I thought, I felt, wow, we're really being seen for who we are. You know, we're, we're a couple and you're respecting us. And it was just a really pivotal moment. And, uh, it's because love, because she loved me and she ended up loving my wife. And, and that's life is so much better when we can love one another. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love that story. I mean, I, I think that I saw so many moments on our trip akin to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Where they 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 saw that my partner was taking care of them, you mm-hmm. know, in a way that felt that just felt like natural and easy yep. and there was no pretense about what that was yes. right yes and so for for them to be like oh this person cares about us mm-hmm. of course i'm gonna love this person you know what i mean yes yeah. Those same walls were broken down same yeah. exactly yeah. yeah well you know well speaking of pivotal moments you know we this is a pivotal moment in 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 your theater making career you, you, the world premiere of bald sisters is coming up on december 1st i know this is yeah. this this play has been like it was a part of a workshop series with steppenwolf what has been the journey of this play, Bald Sisters, that's going to be uh, beginning performances on December 1st? 
Yeah, you know, it's wild. The The workshop was back in 2019, and then it was supposed to premiere in 2020. Mm-hmm. But Why didn't it? Happened. I wonder why, why didn't it premiere in 2020? <laughs> I, what happened uh, that I wonder, year? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a long-lost memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was uh, the pandemic. And, uh, oh, that thing, yeah, yeah. That little thing that happened. Um, and it was, you know, I was heartbroken, obviously, because, you know, it was going to be, it, it was just an accumulation of, of all the years I had spent working on this play. And, and, you know, we were all dealing with this loss of, of opportunities and our, our normal lives and, and whatnot. Um, but then, you know, the, the theater, much to their credit, they really held on to the story. They felt like the story needed to be told at this theater in Chicago. Um, and, uh, you know, I did one more workshop back in May and then, you know, we, got off to the races you know we started rehearsals about three weeks ago um and it has been like a dream come true it's just been every day has has felt like a miracle that we're in space with each other and we're we're trying to take care of each other and there's a a real tenderness and caretaking that is happening among the company Mm -hmm. um i'm rewriting like a math person like every night i'm like i need to change this i need to change this because you know the thing changes yeah yeah it's a living breathing thing that's why you're doing what you're doing in rehearsals so exactly yeah yeah and and the dream is that you get to collaborate on this story with other people so it no longer just belongs to you right and Mm -hmm. so you're finding a collective truth about this play with the people you're you've agreed to to partake in this experience with so you know it's been amazing and i i want to show up for my collaborators and i want to make this the most you know the the tightest the most deepest the most um you know full abundant experience that i can make it for for an audience so um so yeah we're about to step into tech after the thanksgiving break and then we'll you know get on that stage and, and do it so Oh, it's so, and you know, you could not pick a better place than Steppenwolf in terms of celebrating that collaboration, understanding like the importance and celebrating the work of artists. It's my favorite place to work in town. I love it. And we're so excited that uh, you are able to bring your the world premiere of Bald Sisters uh, to Steppenwolf uh, at the beginning of December. Are you, You're in the new ensemble theater, right? Yeah, oh. in the round. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have audiences on all sides. Ooh. So you will not be able to escape the sort of compression of the house and the family dynamics and the drama. Like you are in the house with these people. Mm, I'm well, excited. It sounds so exciting. Mm, what a great to way to it. kick off the holiday season, but drama inside a house. You know, there we are. I, I mean, look, <laughs> what's going to happen with the holiday? So. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're so excited about this. Uh, Chet. thank you so much for joining us today. The, uh, the world premiere of bald sisters, uh, uh, by v- Vichet Chum uh, at Steppenwolf begins on uh, December 1st. It runs through January 15th. Run, don't walk. Get your tickets. Uh, and for more information, you can go to steppenwolf.org. Uh, Vichet Chum, thank you so much for joining us today. Break all the legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congratulations. And, 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 and take time. I, I, it sounds like you are taking time to just to be in the moment and realize what a special time this is uh, for you and for the company and for the theater company. But just just soak it all up my friend it sounds it sounds exactly like what you're doing and and thank you for bringing this story to the world 
Thank you all. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, our yeah. pleasure well, to have you. Break legs as you head into tech, and, and happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate. So, uh, Vichat Chum, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Vichat. Bye, y'all. Bye. Take care. Bye. Oh, there's that oh, Southern. That Bye, y'all. That I love Texas. that. Bye, y'all. I love that. All right. Fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. Fabulous. Listen, we've got to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking with the publisher and president of the Chicago Reader and Chicago media legend, mm, Tracy Bame. Uh, so stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Creating Iris. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Tuff here along with Ellen Miller. Rolling along. Rolling along. You know, look, there's a lot of things to celebrate. And the Chicago Reader has so much to celebrate. For over 50 years, it has been Chicago's independent alternative newsroom. Uh, and this year, it officially became a, a nonprofit organization. Um, and on November 30th, the Museum of Contemporary Art presents 50-ish, the UnGala, benefiting the Reader Institute for, for Community Journalism, publisher of the Chicago Reader. And joining us is said is is one of the publishers and president and Chicago media legend uh, Tracy Bame. Tracy, welcome back to the show. Hi, having me on. Uh, we're doing great. How are you doing? I'm sure you are busy, as you always are. <laughs> always. I'm busy. I'm sure you guys have already talked about Colorado, but I first wanted to say this is both Trans Day of Remembrance and and the Colorado violence last night shows us that. We do need to keep celebrating, but we also need to make sure the, to uh, mourn the people that are, you know, being sacrificed on this right-wing bickery that's happening across this country. So I don't mean to bring it down. No, 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 no. We've been talking about, about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, it, is, it has been. We, we've been refreshing to <sighs> see if there have been any updates that yeah. have been going on. You're echoing so, our words. You're echoing exactly yeah. our words. And especially today on Trans Day of Remembrance, uh, oh, you know, the most vulnerable members members of our, of our community um, where we should be celebrating. Uh, and 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 lifting and lifting folks up, and of course this this tragic news that happened overnight, um, I think is a, as you said is a harsh reminder of the conservative bigotry that is sweeping across this country. Um, so thank you for for reminding that. Um, so to kind of switch gears a little bit, there. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Um, just all. It's also. It's not maybe not too much of a switch though. The, the, congratulations that the the Chicago Reader finally achieved nonprofit status. I know this was something that was going to be was very uh, uh, a key uh, on 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 your your to do list right there. Uh, and the journey was not easy. Can you? And tell our listeners a little bit about the the process and the decision to make the reader a nonprofit entity. Yes, yeah. 2018. Uh, it was owned by the Chicago Sun Times, and it was about two days from shutdown. There were two men, Elsie uh, Higginbottom and Lana Goodman, who did, who had also were owners of the Chicago Sun Times, and they agreed to take on for a dollar uh, the burden of the Chicago Reader, uh, but they needed someone to run it. So I was hired to be publisher. And as soon as I kind of got under the hood for a few months, I realized, for the reader anyway, um, the single point uh, failure of just relying on print advertising was no longer going to be possible. Mm -hmm. So I told them, you know, I, can I start a nonprofit organization so that you guys aren't the bad guys to shut it down? Um, and so they did agree to that. And in uh, February of 2020, I applied for 501c3 status for the Reader Institute for Community Journalism which would eventually take over the Chicago Reader this year. 
there were quite a lot of delays in the meantime. Some of that was obviously because of COVID. We had gotten PPP loans, so that meant we couldn't do the transfer. Once the PPP loans were uh, finally forgiven in late last year, then we ran into a problem with one of the owners uh, because he had had a column that was in the in the paper that the editors had wanted to tech check, and there was a big fight for about six months. But finally in May of this year, um, the ownership changed to the Reader Institute for Community Journalism, 501c3, and we've been kind of um, trying to diversify the revenue, basically. The Reader is a large operation for the type of work we do. It's very long-form, investigative journalism, deep culture coverage. It takes a lot of people to make that work, mm-hmm. do it well. Um, and so it's it's a heavy lift, but it's, it's so far been working. Um, I'm going to be hopefully passing the baton of leadership over in the next couple months or so. They're doing a publisher search. Right. I think I've done all I can in the last four years to pivot this and put it in a good position. But as part of that, on Wednesday, November 30th, it's kind of my big last blowout uh, reader event. It's, we're doing a full takeover of the Museum of Contemporary Art. Uh, Scott's going to be there, MC. That's what I hear. I know. Very exciting. I'm so I'm excited. And as well. Girl, You're you welcome. do not even know. You know how to cause a gay man panic when you ask him to MC, and now I got to find an outfit. Like, oh man. If you do 1970s, just do culturally appropriate. Oh, I know. He's got that I already in his closet. Look, I've, I already, know I've already been online and ordering. I've got oh. so many test blouses at home right now, I can't even tell you. Um, I'm so excited about the event, but before we dive into that, just real quick, I just, so I'm so excited about that, that you finally were able to achieve this this 5013C status. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the mission of the Reader Institute for Community Journalism? Yeah, so the Reader, the Institute is kind of an educational 501c3. So the Reader itself does not endorse in any political campaigns. That's how it can stay as a 501c3. Um, there's really two arms to it. One is the publishing of Chicago Reader, which is 51-year-old, award-winning local journalism, really deep investigative work, incredible cultural coverage. We use over 50 freelancers, have over 20 editorial people doing that work uh, on a day-to-day basis. And then we also uh, started in 2019 the Chicago, uh, Chicago Independent Media Alliance, which is an alliance of over 60 Chicago-area publications or podcasts, et cetera, that are independent. Um, and they basically, we come together to kind of lobby for, uh, advocate for more resources into community journalism. Sometimes that's fundraising together. We do an annual fundraising campaign that has matching funds. We've been advocating for a pooled fund. We've been pushing for more equity in advertising from government agencies into community media. So a lot of it is peer to peer. We all have a lot. We can teach one another about growing our memberships and our listeners. Um, so that, that's kind of what, uh, it, it helps lift all boats. Uh, a lot of people are like, isn't the reader a heavy enough lift? I'm like, yeah, but if the reader's the last paper standing, mm-hmm. then we're going to fail too. We have to put more resources overall right. into the ecosystem. Makes sense. See, this is why I adore you, because again, mm-hmm. you know, a rising tide does lift all boats. Uh, and it, what a great Keeping way to... Afloat. Yeah, yeah, keep the reader afloat to help other P organizations stay afloat as well. Mm-hmm. And when you... Uh, now we can just dive into the fun part, because now we've got, you know, when you attend the, the UnGala at the MCA, you're going to be supporting uh, the Reader Institute of Com- for Community Journalism. Uh, th- this whole event is is so bananas. I cannot wait for it. So we're taking over the entire Museum of Contemporary Art, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's from, it's, it's VIP. Uh, it's 6 to 7 p.m. Um, up by their new exhibit on the Caribbean. 
And then from 7 p.m. on, there's performances, DJs, puppeteers, magicians, you name it, throughout the whole museum. Um, And so tickets, there's low-cost tickets. If you're low-income, we want to welcome you. They're $15 and up. The VIP is $250 and up. Um, so it's going to be quite a range of folks. Um, you know, some people will be de- dressed business casual. It is on a Wednesday. But we do expect some people to treat it like it might be the Met or a 1970s drag show. Uh, we've got a, a, about 15 or so performers. It's going to be a really fun evening. Yeah, I can't wait. When I was speaking with with folks over there, they're like, okay, so you'll be hosting with a drag queen and a puppet. And I'm like, sign me up. I'm that, there we go. You're speaking my language right there. Uh, so it's so exciting. So this is going to be a huge event that's going to be happening on November 30th. There's a VIP section. It sounds like you're going to just that VIP chunk. Will, are they the only people who have access to the, the new Caribbean exhibit or will that be open for everybody well, this one's, so the museum uh the whole museum will be open to everybody at seven from okay. six to seven is the vip up by the exhibit with food and open bar and then it's cash bar and snacks for the rest of the evening the whole museum so everybody will be able to see the caribbean exhibit tracy i'm not i'm looking at the performer and artist lineup as we speak i'm not familiar with most of them uh are there any of them you'd like to highlight Sure, and a lot of these were suggested by our editorial team, especially ones that have been nominated for um, Best of Chicago Best of, yeah. winners. Nice. Me, I don't recognize them either because. <laughs> <laughs> well, Neil Futurist, we reckon I recognize, of course. Yeah, so there's DJ Flores Negras. There's DJ Scary Lady Sarah. I believe she's in Berlin a lot. DJ Velcro Lewis. We've got uh, Lucy Stuhl and Batty Davis as our drag artists. Uh, Angelique Monroe is going to be walking around, hopefully judging some uh, great costumes. Um, Shawnee Dez and and, uh, Debbie Marie Brown are actually two performers who actually work at the Reader. They're both singers, and I'm excited to hear them. They really perform in festivals and and shows around town. Um, So there is a lot of range of performances there, from music to DJs to balloon artists. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Something for everyone. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but that's the thing. Like when you go to an event that's by the reader, because I went to, uh, the last event that I went to was at Talia Hall for the it was the best of uh, celebration at Talia Hall. I think it was in 2019 before everything shut down. Yeah. But the the reader does not only are you do you do incredible work when it comes to the politics and uh, the goings on around town uh, within Chicago, but also like the, you celebrate and lift up the Chicago art scene, the incredibly vibrant, everything from the visual arts to live performance, whether it be theater or music or poetry or dance. The the Chicago Reader is always the place to go when you want to find out what's that new, who's like, who's the, the thing? What What is that one act that I need to see? What is that, you know, that where's the best drag show? Where's the best uh, adult dirty puppet show that's happening or, or dirty puppet show? podcast whatever you know like the the chicago reader has its fingers on the pulse of chicago and the performing arts community so of course it just stands to reason that there would be a variety of performers that will that you can just actually feel like the coolest kid in school because you were there uh to witness it so it's i'm so excited about this as as we are moving forward i know that we just um you just announced there was a new uh, board of directors for the Reader Institute for Community Journalism, for which the the fifty ish of the Ungala is going to be a, a benefit oh, for. Oh, perfect! Um, can you say who are the? I look that beach that that bench is deep. It's incredible. 
Yeah, five of the ten are returning board members, um, including our chair, Eileen uh, Rhodes, and then Allison Cuddy, who used to be with WBZ, Vanessa Fernandez, Tim Hunt, and Bob Ryder. And then we have new board members that are from the field of marketing or also from the field of finance. So Reese Markison, uh, Christine Crawford-Speed, uh, uh, Reese, uh, let's see, um, you put me on the spot and I didn't even... Oh, I'm so sorry. Matt, Matt, that's okay, Matt Doubleday, Torrens Gardner, who I actually knew originally through his grandmother, who was a pioneering lesbian activist, Jackie Anderson. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and then Dan Dover, who's been active in um, raising fundraising for HIV AIDS since the 1980s. So it's 10 folks. We're probably going to expand it by a couple more in the coming months, but... Um, I'm really excited to have uh, them involved, and a lot of them will be at the at the, the uh, event as well. Yeah, and mm-hmm. again, you know, when it comes to uh, a lot of organizations have in the past couple of years have really stepped up and announced like their their commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. When that has been a guiding principle for the reader, uh, and the Chicago Reader really does walk the walk when it comes to uh, expansive and covering everybody and mm-hmm. providing everybody a voice. A voice yes. um, as you are getting ready to pass the baton on, uh, as you said, what is your hope for just say the next five years? for the Chicago Reader? I hope that it can really create an endowment and, and create a larger budget to be able to pay people more. We have a union staff, and, you know, it's, it's definitely something that I would dream of, that we can pay, have more resources to pay more and expand coverage, have more freelancers. Um, we are up for a couple grants that will diversify our freelance base as well, um, you know, to, to pay to do more coverage and try to recruit more diversity when I took over the reader in 2018, there was one person of color on staff, uh, and we had about 17 or 18 employees. We now have almost 40 employees, and uh, more than 40% are people of color. Um, more than 40% are LGBTQ identified, more than 50% female identified. So we have diversified the staff a lot, but we definitely have to continue to work on that to be more representative of Chicago and have our freelancers as well. The reader's always done a really great job of covering race issues and diversity in Chicago. But it often so from a white lines or parachuted into neighborhoods to cover things. We're now a lot deeper bench on that, and and I hope that that continues, and that more resources can flow to it, and that the Chicago Independent Media Alliance itself is successful in lobbying for more resources for the overall ecosystem. Amen to that. Amen to that. Beautiful progress. I'm sure you have like 18 different projects uh, Mm -hmm. on the horizon. Anything that that you are looking forward to most as as you pass the baton, or are you actually going to be able to sit down for a second? In a month and a half, I'm looking forward to making age 60. Um, And then I want to write a lot more again. I want to go back to writing a lot. I just have to get some money in and health insurance. But um, I I really have put my writing on hold for several years for this position. It's taken every bit of my creative and other energy uh, to to save this uh, big behemoth. It's a lot bigger than my other paper, Windy City Times. Um, I am going to continue Windy City Times, uh, but it's, you know, staying online only and, and, uh, labor of love so um i'm definitely going to get back to writing as much as possible well you can't good take for the, you. You, you good for you Tracy. the you journalist inside of you oh, yes. just lives on out. lives on and also the independent movie producer just want to take a moment to uh screw uh, uh scrooge and marley uh an independent film that uh tracy uh was one of the producers on mm. I'm, I'm in it too yeah. uh, there we are it's now available to stream so if you're looking for a great holiday yes. movie you should definitely go do that check it out there we are but if you also want to help out uh, a, a fabulous organization 
organization for 15 bucks. You can totally go uh, and uh, to help out an incredible organization and to see the the gorgeous MCA 50ish. The Ungala celebration is at the MCA on November 30th. For tickets, you can visit ChicagoReader.com. Uh, buy many tickets. Go and support and see your fabulous friend Scott Duff as the host. I know my my, my leopard print blouse just I came in. I just want to go to I, see what you're wearing. I know there we are. There we are. It should be a great time. Uh, Tracy Bame, uh, thank you so much for all you do for Chicago, and thank you for taking time out to join us today. Can't wait to see you on the 30th. Thank you. We're always grateful to you, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you very much. All righty. We've got to take a quick break, and when we come back, it is the final thrilling show-stopping moments about Chicago right here on WCPT. This is Tanya Richard from Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. And you are listening to Out Chicago, WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff and Ella Miller rolling along as we head into the Thanksgiving week. Yes. Uh, and there is something to be thankful for mm-hmm. uh, from last week. Hey, look, the U.S. Senate has advanced the Respect for Marriage Act. It is not the final passage, but it definitely is a key step forward. On Wednesday, the Senate uh, after uh, the Senate voted 62 to 37 to move the legislation forward. That means 12 Republicans joined all 50 Democrats and independents. That's huge. That is. That is huge. Well, they're, they're going with the times. Thank you. Some of them. A yeah. few of them. A handful so, of them. So when I when I saw that news, because I was I was nervous. I knew that it was coming. We posted a link on our Facebook yeah. page, like, hey. Quick, just here. Check send this to send a, a reminder to your senators. Like, hey, we thank you for supporting this. Um, it's huge. It's a huge thing. So the the bipartisan amendment that was unveiled on Monday ensures that nonprofit religious organizations will not be required to provide services, facilities, or goods for the celebration of a same sex marriage, and protects religious liberty and conscience protections available under the Constitution and federal federal law, including the whole RFRA, mm-hmm. Religious Freedom uh, Restoration Act. So, but I, to me, I, I always thought that that was kind of in there that they were like. You can't force a church to perform. Right. I mean, yeah, there's been some a same sex marriage. That, yeah, right. I'm like, okay, cool. So it also makes clear that the bill does not authorize the federal government to recognize polygamous marriage. <laughs> they were so worried about that, the Republicans, you know. Uh, you know, because we're going to marry like if 74 we're gonna get married, people. Yeah, we're going to marry like yeah, at least 75 uh, people. Well, I'm going to marry the Chicago Bears <laughs> who are playing the Atlanta Falcons because <laughs> I know sports. You know, there we are. Uh, but it does safeguard any benefits or status such as uh, tax exemptions, grants, contracts, or educational funding uh, of an entity so long as it does not arise from a marriage. Um, I think this is a huge thing. Oh, it yeah. would write same-sex marriage uh, and marriage equality into federal law and protect it from the Supreme Court action. Now, I know we were talking earlier, like during the break, yeah. that should states, certain states, probably, there's a little song, mm-hmm. I'm just going to name Tennessee, mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. Right there. Uh, they may not, uh, uh, if it moves to the states, the states can say that you cannot, we will not have it, you cannot get married Correct. here, but they will recognize marriages across the country. Yes. So, it's a bummer, and I understand, like, they're, 
look, sometimes we have to make sure that we don't have like, you know, perfection be the the enemy of the good. You know, this yeah. is not a perfect bill because, you know, if you no, live in not. certain state, states where you, you cannot get married, yes. However, it does protect marriages across all of these 50 states. And that is a huge thing. It is. I mean, it, but, it, you know, I just think if you're if you're a young person in Nashville, you know, for example, in Tennessee and, you know, you can't get married in your own state, it, it, it's still sad that you oh, have to leave your, your home. And, 100%. You know, and that part is 100%. frustrating. But I understand, you know, we there's some compromise that they needed to do to get people on board and. You know, they have to make uh, and to make it happen. Yeah, and I yeah, don't know I if, as we're ending and like entering into this lame duck session, I don't know if the, all of it will be able to move before the new guard comes in. Yeah, I yeah. doubt that will happen. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed that it will. Um, again, by all means, is it perfect? No. No. Mm-mm. Is it a big, big step to yeah. like? It's it's yeah, huge. We have to protect ourselves from the likes of Clarence Thomas, for example. Mm-hmm. That guy. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, but also you know, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's so weird because loving versus Virginia yeah. is also kind of up in that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That protects That's a whole other show. Interracial marriage. Yeah, and he's in an yeah, interracial that, marriage. Mm, and, mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, so there there is a lot. Yes. To be to be thankful for. Um, Definitely. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for people out there who have contacted their senators. You might want to take a moment if you live in one of those states, like, say, Texas or Tennessee, Tennessee. or Alabama, Alabama or Georgia and all these in like Louisiana. all those southern states. Yeah. Even like Montana. I'm mm-hmm. sure they probably are feeling some stuff. Um, take a moment and send uh, send an email. It's so easy just to send an email to be like, hey. I'm, I'm, I support this, and I hope you support this, too. I really remember you work for us kind of vibe. So so do that. That's a, that's a great action point. Yes. As we're coming up. It doesn't up. take very long at all to do that. No, and you can you can find how to email your, your elected officials like that. Just like that. And in know? between working on the stuffing and the cranberry sauce, you yes. can just quickly get on and right. do that. Oh, God, I'm glad you brought up cranberry sauce. Yeah. Okay. I think we've talked about this yeah. every every Thanksgiving mm. about the the cranberry sauce debacle that that happens in our house every year. Tell us again, girl. Okay, so Jerry Dye, yeah, a, a love of my life, of course, the an incredible human being, mm-hmm. uh, and cute too, and adorable, mm-hmm. very handsome. He's very yeah. handsome. He's a right very now. handsome. He's man. a very handsome very man. Handsome very, handsome very handsome man. man. And uh, Southern. He you know he grew up in in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, that Southern charm. Southern charm. Yes. He's so great. But they have a very interesting relationship with the term salad. You know what is a salad? Okay. You know so yeah. there uh, there are many church potlucks that you go and you can buy a Coca Cola salad. Huh? Yeah, you know, there were like things are salad is, can be anything that's in gelatin. Oh, that's in, you know, that's in right, jello. Right. Like that is not a salad. There's no leafy green anywhere near that, even right. though they might shove like carrots and grapes oh, and yeah. whatever crap inside the whole thing. There, yeah. Every year we get in, well, not every year, a couple of years ago. So he loves to. I, I'm saying this right now. I'm owning it. I'm a bully in the kitchen. I take over. I, I do not share very well. I see you smiling at the same sort of vibe, which is why we get along. Yes, which is why we will never cook together. <laughs> no. We will cook for each yes. other. Very, you know. But so I'm like, I get very bossy. He's like, I just want to contribute. I want to make things. I'm like, mm. great. And he usually like makes a killer pie, and he loves to make this cranberry sauce. Now, a, a couple years ago, I 
asked him, like, hey, when you make your cranberry sauce, can you just make it a little bit, just maybe not make it as much? Because mm-hmm. a little goes a long way. Yeah, and we're talking, like, he makes, like, vats. Like, it's it fills, like, a... I there was my the first adult present I ever gave my mom where I felt like it was not an adult present when I felt like an adult I was 16 years old mm-hmm. I was visiting my aunt who lived in Wilmette we went to Crate and Barrel and I bought my mom this beautiful glass salad bowl mm-hmm. um, I love it he fills the salad bowl with this cranberry fills sauce the salad bowl. I mean it's huge you only need like a small I know I'm like it's, it's, in the, it's in the name and it's a condiment it's a cranberry sauce so, it is a exactly. condiment so there's a lot a lot of it and he's like when I was like you know a couple of years like do you will you do you can we just not make as much because it just we end up throwing I it waste out. it yeah I waste it all and he's like well why don't you like my cranberry oh, sauce oh boy yeah, it comes down to that and I had a moment in a Mariano's oh. where like do I do I I, I true honesty is the best policy, and I said, you know what? It's not my favorite. Oh. And this was how did that go over? Four Scott? years ago, because he turned immediately without skipping a beat. He went, "You've mm. lied to me. You've lied to me for fourteen years." I'm like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "You said you'd like to. I make this all the time." And I'm like, I, ooh, huh. It's just a lot. Like, it's okay. I don't have to like it. You love making it. You love to eat he it. He does it with fresh cranberries. Girl, no. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. There's, okay. So, I'm going to break it down. All right. There's fresh cranberries. Yeah. There, um, there is a, 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 a cherry jello. What? Um, what? Sour, sour cherries. Um, sour cherries, apples, um, pineapple. Uh, or- mandarin oranges, um, c- coconut, uh, pecans. What? And yeah, and more jello. It's kind of like the ingredients of like a potpourri or like a fancy body wash. Um, oh. It's not my favorite. And I'm like, you know, it's just the texture can thing. I, it's a little too can much. I, can I give you my brother? My gay brother makes Ina Gardner Gardens uh, cranberry com- compote. Uh huh. Oh yeah, it's simple. It's simple. It's delicious. Yep. It's a little orange juice, a little little sugar, a little cranberries. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. Maybe maybe some vinegar maybe to put in there. Maybe walnuts or pecans maybe if you want pecans, a little. Yeah, but but a none little of this crunch. jello and other what that Jerry, I love I know, you. I know. I know. He, he you might be that, listening today. Can you take that dish over? Well, I, well, I, mean, well, I just said. Well, the thing is, like, we got into a huge fight. He didn't talk to me for twenty minutes, Ooh. like in the middle of Mariano's. Like my cranberry it was very, jello it was, sauce. Like, I laugh about it now. He, it's still very tender subject for okay, him. Because the other night I brought it up, I'm like, so when you make the cranberry sauce, it's like I'm never making it again. I'm like, Girl, you said that four years ago. You make it every year. You enjoy it. You should make it. This is enough with this show. So yeah. So he's yeah. So we got the cranberry sauce. Okay. Anyway, well, hopefully we'll have some sort of cranberry sauce. But the crackers, they also are Ina Garden. That's what I'm looking forward oh. to the most, my Ina Garden crackers. So he's, Scott, you heard earlier, if you listen to her, he's yes. making homemade crackers. This two, interests me. Two this different interests kinds. me. The, uh, making a Stilton and walnut cracker. With actual Stilton cheese yeah. in the cracker? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then a, it should be a cheddar and chipotle Cracker, but I had to use a berberry spice, that African. Oh, yeah, spice, we have that, yeah. Um, because I didn't have the Chipotle mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like spending 10 bucks. I know, that's I think, a, yeah. It's a lot. But uh, so I've got two different crackers going on. It's now, really do, easy. Will, it be, will they be eaten naked or do you want people to put things on they'll these? Because they're very flavorful they'll already. They'll probably be eaten naked. I might I'll probably buy like a, a, like a pear mustarda. 
Oh, that'll I think be that nice. Would go on oh, the, the still, a pear mm. mustard. That would be pear mustard kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever had a pear mustard? I can't say that I've had. Really I've had good. a lot of different mustardas. I love mustardas. Oh. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's super easy. Just like wow. cheese. It's basically cheese, butter, and flour. And you, it's a shortbread kind of a cookie. Oh, I love kind of a that. And yeah. any sugar in it? No. No. Because I like those sweetened ones sometimes. Yeah, these too. are going to be a savory cracker. Okay. This is what I'm using to spice up. And I, unlike you, I hack up my bird before I roast it. Because yeah. that way it cooks evenly. They all cook at the same and it cuts down your, your time. Your time. So there we think go. about. We all Something have our different ways of making Something the turkey. We'll, we'll, we'll follow up next Sunday with how there everything turned out. It's a out. nail biter. It's a it's nail, a nail biter. I know you're going to be on pins and needles. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, there we go. Um, I'm thankful, also, I'm thankful for you, Scott. I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for Devin. I'm thankful and for and Paul. Paul. And Paul. Thanksgiving yes. miracle. It is. There we are. Paul back there. To the crew. Uh, I'm thankful to everybody here at WCBT for, for letting us jibber-jabber on. Uh, and to nine our on nine years, yeah, and to nine our, years. And to our listeners oh out there. Um, look, we're, uh, I know this is like a... The, the holidays can be fraught with any with, with for lots of reasons, but this particular day, just find one good thing that that brings you joy, that brings you that you are grat- grateful for. To find that celebrate gratitude, I think is what we should That's be a doing. Beautiful thought. Celebrate gratitude. Forget the whole Rest of myth it. of the pilgrims and all the other yeah, stuff. Don't think about don't that. Don't think about that. But uh, but be grateful and celebrate gratitude. And I'm very grateful for our guest, uh, Vichet Chum and uh, Tracy Bain, for joining us today. Devin, you're amazing. And Paul, you're amazing too. Why don't you both just tune into the Sports Cubicle at uh, 9 o'clock today? Uh, Ellen Miller, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, you're Scott. Amazing. You are too. You're amazing. Back at you. uh, and I'm Scott Duff. And until next week, stay, stay proud. proud.